This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. How do you know when you you found your soulmate? One of the things I want to explain about soulmates is it says that every soul that comes to this world comes with a certain amount of baggage. When you when you pass away, the soul comes back. But mm. the way the soul comes back is it fragments into more souls. Mm. And each one takes a part of the spiritual baggage. Crazy. You got me thinking about my whole life now. Right. <laughs> back to the show guys i'm your host as always sean kelly got with me an amazing guest for you guys today co-founder of mary ruth's david diem how's it going nice to meet you thank you for having me absolutely man i can't wait to dive into your story because i was doing some research on you and i'm super impressed with how you balance the business side and the spiritual side of your life appreciate that appreciate that yeah so let's walk through it i know you went on sort of a spiritual journey at a young age right yes i i I actually started to make a you know, a few million dollars when I was a, just a teenager in the stock market. I was a hustler. Mm. And then I had somebody introduce me to a spiritual path called Kabbalah. I was resistant at first, but after I took my first class, I'm like, this is the secrets of the universe. Mm. Changed my life and uh, never looked back since. That's insane. So I've actually never heard of Kabbalah until I did some research on you. What exactly is that? Yeah, a lot of people don't know or they have misconceptions about it. Kabbalah is universal spiritual wisdom for every soul in this world. And mm. it started with Abraham. And eventually, different religions kind of morphed from that. But if a person wants to understand the purpose of their life, the technology of the soul, why they're going through what they're going through, the secrets of soulmates, love, healing, intuition, everything, it's the wisdom of Kabbalah. Wow. So how can people get more in touch with their soul? I feel like that's sort of a lost art over the years with social media and the digital age. Yeah. So what what the Kabbalists explain is that there are two worlds, and you can play by the rules of either one. There's the physical world, but the problem with the physical world and our five senses is this is already the effect. It's not the seed level of what's happening. If you can tap into the spiritual laws and tap into elevating your consciousness and understanding why things are happening and living by those rules, then you create a massive effect and control over the physical world. So a lot Mm. of people, the reason why they feel like they're on a hamster wheel or they feel like they're not manifesting is because they're just dealing with the shadow, just Mm. dealing with the effect. Wow. And you've been great at being able to manifest things into your life. Yeah, I would say that had it not been for the wisdom of Kabbalah, I also would be spinning my wheels. But I, I started teaching this full-time as a volunteer. I took a vow of poverty as a volunteer since the age of 20 after I graduated college. Wow. And um, been giving seminars all around the world, private coaching, whatnot. And then at the age of 29, I realized that this wisdom was powerful for others to be successful. And then my wife and I, Mary Ruth, we started the wellness brand uh, that that started off just as a little liquid vitamin company, but eventually kind of morphed into what it is today as a yeah. global brand. So you don't make any money teaching it? I, I, don't, I, I did not make any money teaching it, no. Wow. Yeah, even until today, all the, like, I, I created a masterclass called Kabbalah1.com and all of the proceeds go to charity. Insane. 
And you've you've talked about the importance of soulmates and finding your soulmate. Yeah. How do you know when you you found your soulmate? Number one question: People <laughs> want to know how to find their soulmate and what that means. And there are a lot of people who are on the dating path and they're not connecting and they're not finding what's right for them. And one of the things I want to explain about soulmates is it says that every soul that comes to this world comes with a certain amount of baggage and and what we call like the corrections of the soul. It's called tikkun. Mm. And those are our fears, our negativity, our anxiety, all the things that make us selfish. We came to this world to transform those, to become like the creator. So Kabbalah explains what that means, but we become like the creator, and that affinity of form draws down the miracles. Now, what, what happens when a soul comes to this world and doesn't finish their corrections? Like You don't deal with your anger issues. You don't deal with your insecurities. You don't deal with your fears you don't deal with the things that are traumatizing you. What happens? When you, when you pass away, the soul comes back. But mm. the way the soul comes back is it fragments into more souls. Mm. And each one takes a part of the spiritual baggage. So technically, those new four souls originated from that one soul. Mm. And they're all soulmates in some way. So technically, you and I could have, maybe that's one of the reasons why we're talking, we could have been fragments of an original soul. But then we came down to this world, assumed the different bodies, different cultures, different religions, different lifestyles. Mm. And now we're here to work on a more diluted version of our fears. Wow, that's crazy to think about. So you could have multiple soulmates. Now. You could have multiple soulmates. And I always remind people, it's not about that one person because everyone's looking for a person. Right. I remind them that there are people right now in your career, in your friendships, your sister, your brother. These are all fragments of your soulmate. Mm. correcting your relationships with them will ultimately reveal to you the romantic one that you're looking for. Mm. You're so wait, a, a lot of times people will not find their romantic soulmate until they heal the trauma, let's say, with their brother wow. or their father. And it's all related. Or maybe an employee or an employer you're having trouble with. And it's all connected energetically, but you will be blocked in your dating life unless mm. you fix it with your employee. Trauma is very interesting because sometimes you don't even realize you have it. Correct. And I, I realized I had some just from growing up, you know, in sort of a not toxic environment, but there was a lot of anger, right? My parents would react emotionally if I messed up or something. I right. felt like that affected me later on in life. So a lot of times people come and they share, uh, I, I know that my traumas came either from my parents or my childhood, my college days or, or whatnot. And Kabbalah explains, you actually had these traumas in a past life. Mm. And because your soul wanted to correct them, your soul chose certain parents to be born to that mm. would be perfect to awaken those traumas. Whoa. So sometimes a soul will choose parents that it foresees divorce or it foresees some kind of abuse or mm. neglect because the soul knows, wow, those are the people that are going to help me transform and become the highest version of myself. Wow, that's crazy. You got me thinking about my whole life. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Life now. <laughs> right? and, and that's really powerful because it's, it's, it's actually a very positive thing. Instead of having blame and often feeling like a victim of something, and of, co of course we need to go to therapy and, 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 and deal with all those things, but to realize, wait a minute, my soul chose this. Right. 
And if you correct it, if you heal those traumas with your family, with your friends, if you go back, you will reveal the light of your soul and have tremendous miracles. Mm. You also had an interesting opinion on feelings. You said never to trust your feelings. Now there's a popular quote, like always trust your gut, right? Yes. So yes. you kind of have a counter. Yeah. So Kabbalah explains this as well, which is your, there's soul and body. And what's happening is the soul is communicating with the body and giving information to the body that we are then using in this world. Mm. The soul is completely connected to what we call the light of the creator, which is like this endless positive force of energy that knows everything. It's the, it's the universal energy that even if you're an atheist, you do believe there's some kind of universal energy that is controlling the show. And this energy is communicating with the soul, and that's amazing. Then the soul is communicating with the body and telling it, hey, this is a bad partnership. Hey, this isn't meant for you. Or hey, this is good for you. So the question becomes, why does a person choose bad relationships? Why does a woman choose, let's say, an unavailable man mm -hmm. that is half in, half out, and maybe not uh, you know, interested, but she keeps choosing toxic men over and over again? This is a pattern I see. Men choosing toxic women, women choosing toxic men, and they do it over and over again, even though they know it's not good for them. Mm. So I'm going to explain that there's some kind of a spiritual layer between soul and body, and that's where the correction is. That's where all our fears are. That's where the baggage is. When the soul sends a message to the body saying, hey, this guy isn't good for you, it goes via that fear. Let's say, let's say there's a fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. The fear of abandonment then twists the message and says, this guy is great for you. We need a couple dates because I want to get some validation. I want to get some love. The, the fear isn't thinking about the long term, mm -hmm. what the soul sees. The fear just wants instant gratification right now. Wow. That's crazy to think about, but you're right. So many people are attracted to those relationships that they know they aren't good for them. That's right. That's why I said you can't trust your feelings. You got to go deeper. And yeah. so there's a spiritual system of how to rise above even your feelings and tap into what the soul wants. Yeah. You also talk about the importance of controlling your emotions and your mindset, right? There's people that get easily angered, easily upset, depressed. Are there techniques to sort of control your emotions better? 100%. So one of the things that uh, I've taught myself spiritually from my mentors and teachers in Kabbalah is... Everything that I do not enjoy, or do I, th or that, let me say that again. Everything that I do not enjoy, or I think is bad for me, I'm going to learn the opposite and to love it. Mm. So for example, every time you're confused and you don't see what's going to happen in the future, this is a sign that a great miracle is coming. Mm. So I will train myself to be excited and even train my body to be excited about complete confusion. When you wake up in the morning sad or depressed or fearful of the day, you have to train yourself. This is a test. It is something that has waited lifetimes to come to you, and it is the vessel for the miracles that are about to be revealed. Mm. So we must get excited about that. Now, the body and the ego say, no, no, no. It just wants instant gratification and to remove pain. Mm -hmm. Your ability to rise above that and to love confusion will make you the strongest personality and human being to be successful in any part of life. Wow. And you're a living testament of that. I mean, you built a nine-figure brand, and that's all through mindset, right? I would say that, obviously, there's, there's a lot that happened there, but when we started Mary Ruth's, there was no vision of a global brand. It was just, hey, we got to make ends meet and do what we love to do and help people. Mm -hmm. We created an incredible product, which didn't exist at the time, mm. and we learned and mastered the Amazon system, and that was the original way that it spread out. Right. Now we're ubiquitous and we're everywhere, but- there's no doubt that mindset played a massive role in this mm -hmm. because I'll, I'll tell you something really powerful. I have 
someone that I'm coaching, for example, and he keeps building businesses and he's able to scale to 10 million of revenue easily. Mm. Something always happens at 10 million of revenue. There's a lawsuit, something falls apart, employees leave, the, the product malfunctions. This person, every time he hits that revenue tier, there's problems. So what's going on here? It means that something in his mindset is afraid to go above 10 million. Mm. So he is subconsciously sabotaging the growth. Wow. But he does believe he can get to 10 easily. For example, Elon Musk thinks it's easy to go to Mars. And because he thinks it's easy and he doesn't have a limited belief system about it, he attracts all the right engineers, all the right ideas. He pulls from the universe wisdom that hasn't even been revealed yet mm. because his mindset is unlimited. If I said, Sean, let's go to Mars, you'd be like, that's... Like, I, I don't, even know, I don't even want to do that. Like, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. I have someone else I'm coaching, and she wants to scale her business, double or triple the revenue, but it's not working. It's flat year over year. Why? Mm. When we dive deep, she doesn't like having employees. Employees are a headache for her. Mm. So even though she's trying to scale her business, she subconsciously hopes the business doesn't grow because it means she has to hire more employees, deal with that headache, deal with their issues, mm. deal with HR issues. So when she's about to land a new client, she's subconsciously telling herself, I hope this client doesn't sign up. Wow. So we all have these, what I call competing belief systems. Yeah. We tell everyone we want to grow, we want to scale, we want to be in love. We want to be, be in a long-term relationship, but then there's another part of us who wants to be single and free and whatnot. So we have these competing belief systems and that causes gridlock. And this is why people feel that they're in the same cycle. Mm. So are these competing belief systems from past life traumas? Correct. And how do you identify and alleviate those? First, to know that they exist. Because people don't realize that they are the ones limiting themselves. Mm -hmm. They think the economy is limiting me, or my financial situation is limiting me, or my parents are limiting me, or the, whatever it is. Some external force is limiting me. The minute you say it's something internal mm. and... I'm excited to go through it. Like when I have so many mentors, so many coaches, so many people I work with, I go to them and I'm like, I need you to help me break through any limited belief I have, any mm. limitation inside of me. Let's make a list of all my fears. Wow. And let's go through it. And it has nothing to do with anybody else. I always tell people, you have to believe it's you and the light of the creator. There's nobody else. Everybody else is an illusion. Mm. You have to work on yourself to open up the gates. Did you have any beliefs when you first started this journey? Yeah, so in my time, and I know you had mentioned something about this, when I started to teach Kabbalah to the masses, I, I met a lot of wealthy people, I met a lot of powerful people, I met a lot of celebrities, because everyone has challenges. And whether you're a celebrity or not, everyone has the same challenges. So they wanted to learn Kabbalah. Yeah. I started to see a pattern of very successful people having like really messed up children and really like children that were going through difficult times. And there was a correlation between wealth and chaos. Hmm. Subconsciously, <clears throat> subconsciously over time, I started to develop my own limited belief system that wealth is actually bad or too much wealth is bad. Hmm. And so I never really wanted to become wealthy right. or have abundance because I saw that with that came so much chaos. Actually, Mary Ruth was the one who pointed out to me that that's a limited belief system. You can have both. And mm. you need to cleanse yourself of that. And that began the work of, of removing that blockage. And as soon as I did, the business grew mm. immediately. It wasn't like some crazy idea we came up with. Yeah. The idea of how to be successful came when I cleansed the limited belief system. Mm. So when you say cleanse, what's the process of going through a cleanse? It's a great question. 
I would say first to recognize that it exists. Mm -hmm. The Kabbalists say 99% of the spiritual work is to recognize and realize what it is and then to get to a place that you are 100% sure it is what's limiting you. Mm. The body is designed in such a way that it, when it recognizes a virus, it begins to attack the virus and remove it. Right. The soul has the same kind of spiritual immune system. When it sees a limited belief that is holding it back, it will begin the process of attacking it and removing it and cleansing it for you. Mm. Our problem is we think these limited beliefs are helping us. For example, somebody who's a control freak or has anger issues and is using it to control people, maybe by doing so, he does become temporarily successful. So he tells himself, it's good to be controlling. Mm. It's good to be this way. And so he's reinforcing this limited belief system. So his, he's, he's confusing his soul. He's telling his soul, it's half good, half bad. Right. That's the problem. We don't truly believe it's bad. It's serving us in some way. It's giving us instant gratification in some way. So we are still holding on to it. Mm. One thing I'm really impressed with you is you're able to run a company with your wife. Yeah. Most people, I wouldn't say most people, but some people believe that you shouldn't get into business with your, your spouse, right? Right. But right. walk me through what happened there. So that's a great point. And I think in most times from what I've seen, it is messy and difficult, especially if both sides don't have spiritual tools mm -hmm. to work through those challenges. Working with Mary Ruth for me has actually brought us closer, has made us closer friends, and it's actually really fun. Mm. But why is that? Number one, I give credit to Mary Ruth because <clears throat> she's our CEO. She's our visionary. She's highly empathetic. She's invested in culture. And what she's really good at, which I think a leader must be good at, is to not have an ego about needing to do everything yourself. She identifies talent. She delegates that talent. And she gives them the space to grow. Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs, they reach a certain point and they get stuck because they're afraid to delegate. Mm. They're afraid to empower. They have control issues. They have fear. They don't think someone else can do it better than them. Mm -hmm. And they stay limited. Most of the successful CEOs I've ever met, they have one thing in common. They identify talent better than anybody and they know how to delegate. The founder of Ring told me, I'm not a good entrepreneur. All I can do is find incredible people mm. and empower them and build culture around them. And they're much smarter than me. And then he scaled his company and sold it for billions of dollars to Amazon. So what Mary Ruth did with me is she's like, David, here are your talents. You're good at growth. You're good at networking. You're good at marketing. Mm -hmm. Like even on this podcast, she's like, you need to go on it because this is what you're good at. Mm. She didn't have an ego about coming on your show and having it be her, even though she's the face of the brand. Right. So she empowers me to stay in my lane. She basically says, here are your job descriptions. Here are mine. Help me and support me in mine. I will help you and support you in yours. And whenever there's conflict, let's communicate and talk about it. Mm. And, and that's what's really worked for us. Powerful. So you set clear boundaries. Clear boundaries. And here's, here's where a lot of in, in companies, if you have two employees or 10 employees or 100 employees, we, we happen to have like about 160 and we see this all the time. If you don't clearly outline to your employees what you expect of them mm. the kpis the goals and the incentives they do not assume they will figure it out on their own mm. and a lot of times people are frustrated with their employees because they have not created the boundaries ahead of time and the goals ahead of time yeah i love that yeah if you don't give them guidelines they're just gonna do the bare minimum right 100 percent. and in relationships people do not communicate what their needs are what they want mm. what their goals are and sometimes they don't know themselves which is fair yeah but 
communication about what you need and what you want and what works for you and what doesn't work for you is so important. Like if somebody's going out dating right now, I would, I would find out as soon as possible what didn't work for you in other relationships. What did the other person do mm. that hurt you, that scared you, that made you feel uncomfortable, that made you feel unsafe? Be highly curious about what works and doesn't work for the person so that you can be a true giver. Mm. I love that. I got to ask this because he's one of my idols, but Please. how did you get Gary Vee involved with the company? Oh, that's a whole nother amazing story. <laughs> so I remember it was like probably seven, eight years ago. We, we, were, we were so broke, even as we were building the business and the business was growing, we didn't have any money. And I remember Mary Ruth was like, she was watching these inspirational videos of Gary Vee. And she, and she says, she said to me, one day we're going to do a collab. This is like when we're doing like not even a million of revenue. Yeah. We're going to do a collab with Gary Vee and he's going to be on the board of our company. Wow. And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where you, where you pulled that from. Like, uh, we're, we're just building a little business for a little cash flow right now. But she had a whole nother vision. And she has no like limited belief system. She just keeps thinking endlessly. Mm -hmm. So fast forward about seven, eight years, uh, the, Gary Vee's marketing company reaches out to us and says, hey, we would love to do your marketing. Yeah. Now, I have a whole nother belief system about that. I think if you really want to do marketing well, you got to do it in-house. Mm. You got to train your people give them the culture, 100% focus and scale. So we did everything in-house. Right. So I went to VaynerMedia and I said, look, this is great, but I'm not sure we're going to do it. Then Gary sends a video, personal video, says, hey, David, Mary Ruth, I personally want to tell you that I would love to do your marketing. He sends a video and so I showed it to Mary Ruth and Mary Ruth sends a video back to him and says, thank you. The answer is no, but if you would like, you can be on the board of my company and do a collab. Mm. So he reaches back and says, let's go have breakfast. When I come down to LA, we went to this nice little coffee shop. We sat for an hour and a half. He is amazing. Everything you see is really him. Wow. He is amazing. He's brilliant. He's a visionary. He sees the lane immediately. He saw things about our company that we didn't even see. Um, and he picked it up in like one second. Insane. After a couple of conversations, he ends up being on the board. We, we speak quarterly uh, and sometimes in between with his team. And they're really helping us with growth and scale. So I love that. I mean, the company's doing insane growth, 165 million in revenue last year. When you look at, back at like important decisions you had to make, yeah. what stands out to you? Important decisions we had to make. I would say something that we do regularly is we look at our talent roster mm -hmm. and we go through it and we say, okay, who needs support? Who needs help? I call my executives and I'm like, what keeps you up at night? Mm. What's holding you back? Where are you limited? I've learned that employees will not tell you how they feel. Hmm. Either they don't know, they're afraid, or they have their own reasons. You as a leader have to reach out to your employees. Ask them, what keeps you up at night? What's bothering you? Are you incentivized properly? Where's their conflict in the company? To remove all conflict, to remove the employees that are hurting others, mm -hmm. that, are, that are potentially being an other people, that are not living by the culture of your company, to vet your company regularly and either level up those people or transition them out because that is energetically holding back the company. And mm -hmm. something else I'll tell you, every department has a leader. That leader has a mindset and a belief system about growth. Mm. That whole department is limited by the mindset of their leader. If a leader doesn't think that the growth is possible, he will transfer those fears and those limitations down to his, the people that report to him. Mm. And then that keeps that whole department stuck. Wow. So one of my jobs is to go from department to department to see what is the mindset of the leader? Is it endless? Mm. Where are the blockages? Because they're not going to be rowing as fast as we are rowing in other departments. 
Once one department falls behind, then the whole company stagnates mm. and growth doesn't happen. Wow. It's like a well-oiled machine. It has to be a well-oiled machine. We have to look at product and innovation. Is that well-oiled? Are they thinking endlessly? Are they pushing past their limitations? Mm. We have to look at customer service. Are they doing the same? We have to look at the finance department, the HR department, and to identify where people are blocking the energy. Everything is energy. And I look at businesses in the same way. I just look at it as energy. I'll sometimes walk into a person's place of work. You know, I walked into your studio and I, what did I love about it? You, you run a well-oiled machine. Every single person knows what to do, what to say. I even noticed that your staff, first thing they did is they introduced themselves, they looked me in the eye, they shook my hand, they told me who they were, and they told me what they're doing. Mm. You must have done something to train that. That is not something I normally see. People come in, they're in their, they're in their mood, they just get their job done, <laughs> and they walk out. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're creating this really positive energy because even you know, either consciously or unconsciously, that what people are feeling on your podcast is energy. Mm. There's enough content out there. Forget about content. There's thousands of pieces of endless content on TikTok. Why do we need more content? Right. People want to feel something and you make them feel that way. And I noticed you created, like even being in the Wynn Hotel and just, I, I, people don't know what I'm seeing here being in the studio, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I walked in and I felt there was flow. Now, as you scale and you grow, which I already told you, you're going to be even more massive than you are. You're going to have to, you're going to hire more people. Mm -hmm. You're going to have more limitations. You're going to have to have more budgets and all these things. And that's when it gets complicated when you start bringing in people with limited mindsets. Right. So you got to clear all that energy out. Yeah. No, I love what you said because I always want to provide the best experience for the guest. I want them to remember coming on this podcast. There you go. There you go. You think about the guest so much and then that transfers to your, your viewers and your audience. Yeah. One of the things I saw on your Instagram was, I thought this was super interesting. And I grew up in an environment where there were a lot of arguments um, that was normal for me on a daily basis. You said starting arguments actually causes financial loss. Right. So it, it was the, the spiritual concept was that the Kabbalists revealed any place that you find like negativity and strife and division, not, not necessarily arguments, but division can cause the negative side, the negative energy to come in. And that siphons away wealth and causes poverty. Mm. So what is this idea? This idea is that our soul came to this world to remove all of its negativity, fears, and spiritual blockages. And as a result, what, what naturally is going to happen, there's going to be a unification of souls. So we're all going to start to connect to each other more. When we connect to each other, this vessel grows. And when the vessel grows, you start to draw down more wealth more energy, more wisdom, more certainty. So mm. for example, if I met you randomly and I decided to treat you with respect, human dignity, even pray for you, mm -hmm. be close to you, what I've done now is I've united my vessel, my desire. So let's, let's say it's an eight ounce cup with your vessel, which is maybe a 20 ounce cup. And now I have 28 ounces. Mm. I'm benefiting from your vessel by, by loving you, caring for you, and having unity with you. Now, I can argue with you. My wife and I argue every day. Okay. Okay. We, we have disagreements all the time, but it doesn't get into division. I want to hurt you. Chaos. Mm. It's good to disagree. In fact, through disagreement, you create more wisdom. Mm. But there's always a mutual respect. So I'm, what I'm telling people out there is, if you have scenarios in your life, in your family, friends, business partners, I see it all the time, and you have a division where there's tension, there's sarcasm, there's hurt and pain, you're not benefiting from a united vessel. As a result, you will not draw down the wealth you're looking to draw. 
we have to go and create unity as much as possible, at least in our immediate circle, with our family, with our friends, with our staff, with our employees, mm. with our customers. We have, I'm sorry, we have 50 people on our customer service team. It's a third of our entire company. Wow. We invest in customer service because I don't want to have any separation or disunity with my, with my customers. Mm. When they call in, they need 24-hour support. They need their problems resolved immediately, and they need to walk away like, like more in love with the brand than before they came. Mm. One of the best things we did to grow the brand, instead of investing in marketing, we invested in customer service. And any person who said, hey, I bought these liquid vitamins, um, I didn't enjoy it. I want a refund. We say, no problem. Keep the product. Here's a refund. Pick any other product from my catalog for free, and we will ship it to you. Whoa. We used to even give an extra $20 gift card on top of that in the very beginning. Wow. My CFO was like, you're going to bankrupt the company. <laughs> I said, watch your refund rate go down. Watch a virality occur of customer service. So what happened was people would then just blast on Facebook posts everywhere to their mommy groups and their parent groups. And guys, you got it. This brand is amazing. Even if you don't like their product, they'll find a way for you to like them. They'll take care of you. You have nothing to lose. Go for it. Mm. So it's all about unity. It's all about listening. It's all about being curious and empathetic. Who cares about who's right? If you care about who's right, you're creating division. You're not benefiting from their vessel of energy. Mm -hmm. and you just have your own vessel of energy, which is limited. Yeah. I want your vessel. I want, your, I want to unite all our vessels. Then I can draw down that energy. I love that. One thing I wanted to touch up on before we wrap this up, because you're one of the best I've seen at it, is networking. Mm. You're part of YPO. You're part of Elite group yeah. chats. How did you get started with that? So I'm part of YPO. I'm part of uh, MDS. It's called Million Dollar Sellers Group, which is a group of uh, elite Amazon entrepreneurs who do at least $1 million up to like 500 million a year. And then I'm part of um, many other groups where what I've learned is you have to unite yourself with people who you admire, who are more talented than you, who have qualities that maybe you don't have. I, I have people I go to that I admire as a father. And I go up to them and I ask them, what are the four things that you do that makes you a successful father? Mm. And, I, and I learn from them. In YPO, I go right up to people. If somebody like looks really good and is physically fit, I just walk up to them hmm. and be like, hey, listen, I'm in YPO, I just joined. What do you do for your health and, health and wellness reg, uh, routine and regimen? Mm -hmm. And they, they say, oh, well, go see this person or here's what I do and I'm learning, I'm always learning. So what I've done now at this point from meeting so many people, we've curated a group. It's on, it's on text message. There are 12 founders. Each one of them does at least 100 million in revenue. They're between the ages of 20 to maybe mid-40s. They're all self-made, all built from scratch. And some of the smartest people I know. Mm. And we're on a group chat together. And one of the things that we do every day is we share how our company's doing. We even share our PL, we share our finances, we share our gross margin, we share our marketing ideas. And I don't make any major decision in my company until I run it by this group. Wow. So I get 12 of the smartest CEOs in the world commenting on what I'm doing, what I'm about to do, telling me where the landmines are, telling me, telling me where the blind spots are. And I always share with people, here's the weakness I'm having in my company. What should I do about it? These guys will get on a Zoom with me and I will get advice that is probably worth $10,000 an hour for these guys to do coaching. Mm -hmm. And they will all give me a perspective. If you want to know what's causing, and Mary Ruth has the same thing. She has a group of, I think, 12, uh, maybe like 10 women, all of them same energy, and they do the same thing. Mm. There's nothing more powerful than this. I get so many ideas, marketing ideas. Like I'll give you an example. 
last year, I, I had a whole idea of how we're going to grow revenue for, let's say, January by 20, 30%. Mm -hmm. I go to one of my friends and I say, hey, what would you do? I showed him my whole marketing campaign. He's like, let's get on a Zoom. He gets on a Zoom. He tears apart the whole thing. Hmm. And he says, you want to grow 20%? You need to grow 300%. And you need to go from spending $10,000 a day on Facebook to $300,000 a day on Facebook. Whoa. I'm like, whoa. My, I started to get scared. I started to freak out. I started to realize that I have a very limited belief system around scaling. Mm. I believe you scale gradually. You, you, you take your time. You protect your downside. He's like, January is your best month. You need to spend when people are buying. The intent is there. You have the greatest product in the nation when it comes to vitamins. Mm -hmm. You have great content. Let's go. So I told my team, let's do it. We doubled spend every day until we got to about 100,000 a day on TikTok oh. in spend. 200,000 a day on Facebook. 50,000 a day on, on Google. And, and, and what it did is we sold out everything. Sales <laughs> went through the roof. As we spent more money, the cost per acquisition went down and became more efficient. Really? We sold out nationwide in Whole Foods. We sold out nationwide everywhere. It actually destroyed our supply chain. <laughs> so, so even though, I mean, even till now, I'm still trying to get back into stock. Like we, it created a new baseline for the company yeah. that never existed before. And so all because I listened to some 20-year-old person who was a good friend of mine, and he had no limited belief system around scaling. Mm. And I listened to him. It was a 20-minute Zoom. He cared about me. He came on and told me his name is Sean. And um, we got to get him on the podcast. Yeah, he, shout out to yeah, Sean. I, I, oh, yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Sean. Sean knows. I always, I always kind of give him credit for this. And, but I got, I got nine, ten other guys who do the same thing for me. And some of them are incredible at retail. And some of them are incredible at Amazon and D2C and Facebook. And everyone's got a superpower. It's the X-Men. Yeah. It's the X-Men of, of direct-to-consumer marketing. So... Anyone out there, I would tell you, like, whatever you're doing, whatever business you have, I would find one, two, three successful people in your space. Forget about competition. Go to them and be like, hey, how do we unite forces? How do we share wisdom with each other? Mm -hmm. How do we share a group? Let's get the di I'll sponsor the dinner every week. Come. Let's go. Let's all talk about the wins that we're having. And curate the right personalities. And this is going to be your best networking you'll ever do. Love that. That's so powerful. I can't wait to do that myself. Mm -hmm. David, it's been a blast, man. Thank you for having me. It's amazing energy. Yeah. Anything you want to promote or close off with? I'll just say, you know, I, I usually don't like to do promotion of anything. I have nothing to really sell to the audience. But what I will say is if you're interested in studying the wisdom of Kabbalah, someone, actually, this is what I'll tell you. Someone took this, took my um, course that I used to teach. Uh, I've given this course called Kabbalah One over a thousand times all over the world. Millions of people. And someone took it and they said, this is so incredible um, that seven years later, they ended up creating and selling several hundred million dollar plus companies as a result of the wisdom that they learned. Whoa. So they made a large charitable contribution and said, I want to bring the best Hollywood studio in to film you doing Kabbalah One. And I want to create a masterclass out of it and give it to the whole world. Mm. So we did that a couple of years ago, this professional masterclass. It's available on uh, kabbalah1.com so it's k-a-b-b-a-l-a-h-o-n-e.com and it all goes to charity and and as a result we put this out into the world and this is how everybody's studying this incredible spiritual practical wisdom to open up your mindset help you find love relationships soulmates new belief systems and teach you the secrets of life wow that's so powerful i'll put it in the description thanks so much thank for coming you. on man thank you for having me Sean. yeah thanks for watching guys and i'll see you next time